0: In the 1950s, Sweden was feeling a bit adventurous. It was time for a change. And oh boy, what a change it was. The Swedish government made the bold decision to switch from driving on the left side of the road to the right. That day was called Hågertrafik or Dagen H. Dagen means day, and H stands for Hågertrafik, translating to right-side traffic. That right-hand traffic is what we will be talking about in today's episode of Curiosity Crossing. This is Curiosity Crossing, the show where we explore amazing events that you've probably never heard of. Check out our website at curiositycrossing.com and find the show notes for this episode at curiositycrossing.com slash one. Imagine this. You're going on a drive in Sweden in the middle of the night, although I don't know why you do that. All of a sudden, you see headlights in the distance. How had you forgotten Today was the day of Hogo Trophy come long again, or literally, the right-hand traffic diversion. Before we discover how Sweden switched sides of the road, let's figure out why they would want to. Before they switched sides, why did people start driving on the left to begin with? Was it just by chance, or was there a good reason? It turns out there's a reason for driving on the left. Given that most people are right-handed, they would hold a sword in their right hands. Why does this matter? Well, if you were riding on horseback down the street—remember, roads were built in the time of the Romans long before cars came along, and when the situation was more likely—you'd be able to greet any passing strangers with a wave, or a sword. When horse-drawn carriages were popularized, people began to switch sides so that they could keep a better eye on their horses and not run into passing carriages and wagons. There was much archaeological evidence showing people historically drove on the left— So why did the Swedish government switch sides? One answer is to simply shake things up. But there's another, more realistic, answer too. Sweden was surrounded by right-hand driving countries. This made crossing borders into both of them quite difficult, and there were quite a few collisions. On top of this, most Swedish cars were actually equipped for right-hand drive already. They already had left-handed steering since they were imported from other countries, which produced a blind spot when driving on the right. The driver would be seating on the outside edge of the road, hindering visibility. Oddly enough, city buses were the only ones with right-handed steering wheels. The idea for Dagen H. was formulated by Prime Minister Tage Orlando, and it is undoubtedly one of the largest logistical events in Sweden to date. It was also quite disliked. In a referendum, 83% wanted to continue driving on the left, but that didn't bother the Swedish parliament, who approved the proposal. So, how did they switch sides of the road overnight? Simply put, they didn't. Preparation for Dog and H. took years. Seriously, while original planning took place in the 50s, the actual event wasn't until September 3rd, 1963. All of the old lines were repainted and covered with black tape to hide them until the big day. Extra traffic signals and road signs were added and covered with black plastic to avoid confusion. Approximately 350,000 signs had to be removed or replaced, including some 20,000 in Stockholm alone. 20,000 signs in just one place. Headlights with the correct style for right-hand drive were installed, with colored labels not to be removed until the big day. The labels were to save driver's eyes and prevent low-beam upkick to the right. Bus stops were moved to the correct side, intersections were reconfigured, and updated driving laws and manuals were prepared. A four year education period then took place. The Dog & H logo was put on milk cartons and a song contest was held by Sweden's TV station. On Dog and H, the non-essential traffic was banned from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. in most areas and some longer, such as Stockholm and Melmo, from 10 a.m. on Saturday to 3 p.m. on Sunday. Tape and plastic were moved from the roads and signs and at exactly 4.50 a.m. as signaled by a live radio countdown All vehicles were required to stop and change sides. After that, they had to wait until 6 a.m. to continue their travel. The delay was to let everyone switch sides. This greatly reduced collisions. There were only 157 accidents, a huge accomplishment for the scale. There were only roughly 32 injuries, mostly minor ones. Many experts say that collisions reduced while overtaking or passing on narrow roads due to right-hand driving steering wheels. And motor insurance claimed dropped by 40%. So it worked, right? Well, the results didn't last. Why? I think the drivers were cautious for the first few weeks, but by 1969, just two years later, accident rates were back to normal again. Despite the massive amounts of money associated with the change, the end result really wasn't worth it. Surprisingly, the most expensive part, over half the total cost, was adapting the buses. To help compensate for the cost, some were sold to Pakistan or Kenya, while others were modified to include doors on the correct side. To this day, it is one of the most expensive projects in Sweden's history, at over 280 million USD today. Despite the cost and lack of results, Iceland, Ghana, and Kenya who, for some reason, purchased many of Sweden's old buses, soon followed suit and switched to the right. Samoa did the opposite in 2009, switching from the right to the left to match Japan, Australia, and New Zealand. Here's a fun Sweden traffic fact. Sweden introduced the world's first electrified road. No, it doesn't shock you if you go too fast. It charges you electric vehicle while you drive. This could greatly reduce the size of batteries needed for long-haul or heavy-load EV trucks, thus reducing the weight and cost of the vehicles, therefore promoting EV use in all cases. There you go, and that's a quick fun fact about Sweden. So now you know about Dog & H. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. It's the only way podcasts grow. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And... For a full list of sources, go to curiositycrossing.com slash one. See you next Wednesday.